0: one. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Input 2. I am your host Jake Doolin. I am the podcast editor and new co-news editor here at Byte at BSU. My writing appears at bytebsu.blogspot.com. With me today is my co-host Aiden. He is a member of The Real Deal, Byte, and many other organizations. His writing appears at the therealdeal.com. I believe is that is the correct URL?
1: It's Yeah, it's realdeal.com. And I also do a show for you, the Anime A-Team, in An which NMA I'm a host. Team.
0: Yes, he is a member of quite a few organizations, but... Today, we are here to talk exclusively about television, a passion of both of ours. And since this is our first episode, I figured a good catch-up of the year would be in order. So, first, we are going to be talking about our favorite news shows, and Aiden has one that I think would be on a lot of people's lists. What did you pick, Aiden?
1: You know, I picked uh, True Detective. I didn't really get into it when it first started airing. I uh, I actually got into it when I got the uh, season on uh, I think it was digital download for me on like iTunes or something, and I just I loved how dark it was. I had read a lot of reviews about it, how they were saying it was gonna be very magical, how there's gonna be like this hidden occult reference to it. Since you know, spoilers, there's a serial murderers mm-hmm. and you know harvest sacrifice and all that good stuff. And the fact that I kept watching and watching and watching, and there was like these hints that there was gonna be something more to it. And the fact that there wasn't, at first I was incredibly angry about it. I was very, mm-hmm. you know, seeing, like, Matthew McConaughey go into this descent of madness. And then to see it just sort of be, you know, completely, hey, we stopped this guy. Go for Go us. We saved the day. I, I kind of had the
0: similar reaction. I remember one scene in particular where Matthew McConaughey sees a bunch of birds uh, Oh yeah, into yeah, a, yeah. a spe- uh, some kind of religious symbol. Yeah, it
1: was like the symbol they had seen before in like a previous episode yeah. and then it came back. That kind of got on me
0: a little bit. I have to say I liked the show better at the end than I did at the beginning. The middle section was obviously my favorite part from the Drug Bust episode where... Matthew McConaughey takes that guy hostage, and there's that one oh, long yeah. take of him escaping.
1: That three-minute completely—I'm yeah. was, i a telecommunications major, for those of you that don't know. And to do a long run shot like that with everything going on, no breaks, that is a beautiful feat of just— even in movies, that's a hard thing to mm-hmm. do, especially for a television show. And it's
0: just to level what was going on, I mean, there was multiple shootouts going on. There was multiple police and extras. That was amazing. Uh, Well, that was definitely not my favorite new show. I have to say I enjoyed the fifth episode, the one where you get to that switch from the past to the present where they seemingly catch the guy. Yeah. And you kind of see that Rust and – what's his name? Woody Harrelson's character. Oh, Everyone remembers Rust.
1: Yeah, because that's just... Yeah. Well, you,
0: you see that the two main characters, Rust and the other uh, detective play by Woody Harrelson, have been somewhat misleading in their testimony. And that something has happened that yeah. they didn't really... And you get the whole life is a flat circle monologue that mm-hmm. at the time I was very much into, and I looking back now it seems pretty goofy, I will say. Um...
1: Like, it seemed really philosophical, the whole yeah. show, and then you take a minute and you realize, wait, what did you, you yeah, just if you say? you take
0: a step back, you realize a lot of what Rust is saying is entry-level psychology, Nietzsche, very bare-bones stuff. But
1: again... I think that was sort of the point of his character, yeah, though.
0: He was not... The more you dug into him, the more y- I don't you saw.
1: I don't sleep. I, I just don't. dream.
0: <laughs> Looking back, yes. Um... For my pick for best show, it was kind of the, kind of a similar. It was a one season type uh mini series, but now it's a f- full second season yep. show. Uh, I picked Fargo.
1: Such a good show. Yeah,
0: and it's kind of like the opposite of True Detective, where you know True Detective is very dark and there's not a whole lot of room for humor. This that show had a lot of the Coen Brothers influence in there. It was it was dark, but it wasn't overtly so, and it was very funny at times, and it was very philosophical and very religious and they had so many weird little things about that show.
1: I mean, I remember when I saw like Key and Peel come on mm-hmm. and I was expecting like a completely comedic performance, but they they really balanced it pretty Even, well. I was impressed. Um, Glenn Howerton's character
0: from they will be S- It's always something in Philadelphia. Yeah. He was in that show and I thought this is going to go off the rails goofy, but his his arc and his demise was oh, one yeah. of the most beautiful shots like just those police coming in at the end and Fargo to me had the better performances of the two I liked Maz McConaughey Mm
1: -hmm. I'll give you that like even the supporting characters in Fargo were great whereas True Detective hinged primarily on Woody Harrelson and McConaughey I
0: hope that they fix that in the second season I'm sure they will that that's been a primary thing but I feel like Fargo was better I would say I think both series are pretty good as a whole, I don't know. What do you think? Which one did would you say was better?
1: Looking back, like I rewatched Fargo several times. And I rewatched True Detective several times, and the one I seem to enjoy more and more the more I watch it would be Fargo, because when I first watched it, because I had watched the original Fargo back in the '90s, and mm-hmm. it was just ah okay, ha, ha ha that's really funny. And then I heard there was a show coming out about it, and it's like okay, way to grab for money and everything. And then you sit and you watch it, and it's. It holds true. I mean, Billy Bob Thornton's great in mm-hmm. it. Bill Odenkirk, amazing. I just...
0: And every character has this these weird little things about them. Like Bob Odenkirk's character, I'm just remembering the whole monologue he gives about losing an African child. Yes! And, and then finding him. And that seemingly very, very goofy moment is actually one of the most profound moments in that entire series because it kind of helps solve the case in a way. In a a very, very roundabout way. Yeah, And Fargo has one of my favorite moments of television this year, which was the time skip between one year of the crime, which I didn't expect to happen, where Mm -hmm. um, uh, Martin Freeman's character seemingly gets away with the crime he commits, and you get to see him living this crazy, wealthy life. And then Billy Bob Thornton comes back into his life and kind of leads to the final act of that show. That's one that I have the opposite feeling, though, from True Tractor. I like where Fargo begins, not so much where it ends, because it kind of ends in a way that I didn't much care for. We're going to get talking to spoilers for a second here, because I feel like this is a spoiler-worthy discussion. Fargo ends in a weird way where you follow a female character pretty much the whole way through, mm-hmm. the police chief. And yet, at the end, she pretty much has no like resolution, resolution really. and does not at all contribute to the ending of the story her husband who i guess has an arc about not feeling bad about masculinity comes in and shoots billy bob thornton at the end because he figured out where he was from a wolf and he's a man now
1: yeah and it
0: it was so because i was like this is such a good female character because in a way it's almost exactly the same as uh marge from the, the movie yeah and because she's a pregnant detective at the end of the show, and I but was she like,
1: wasn't married in the movie, was she? Yeah, she was married to um, the guy who does the bird paintings. Oh, that's right. That it's been it's been a while yeah. since I've seen the movie. And I'm
0: glad that that show did not take the obvious routes that it could have taken. It very could have obviously just like yeah. There were, the parts that it did add from the movie was re- like the bag of money. Mm-hmm. That was something I was like, oh my god, are they really gonna just dragging the bag of money from the movie that's such an odd thing to do. but then it worked it really did as a as a metaphor for things
1: well I think the Cohen brother influence had a lot to do with that because mm-hmm. they didn't let them just get away with anything
0: what are you looking more forward to next year the second season of true detective or the second season of Fargo
1: oh uh, that's a good question do you know what the second season of Fargo is gonna be not about? yet I've just I've uh, seen actor announcements but that's it uh it has been
0: confirmed that it's going to be focused on uh, the female chief's father. Okay. Remember, he has the limp in the season. It's going to focus on him in the past and she's going to be a young child. So it's going to be a prequel. It's going to be a prequel and I'm kind of worried about that. I mean, I'm sure they'll
1: do it right though. I I have more faith in that. Season two of True Detective has been through so much already everything i've heard about it has me very deterred because it has like vince vaughn signed up for it and vince everything
0: Vince um
1: taylor Kitsch from friday
0: night lights is also yep. f- heavily rumored um the guy from in bruges what's his name
1: oh i know who you're talking about uh it's not coming to me
0: yeah it's not coming to me either He's a British actor, but he's also confirmed. I was looking forward to a female detective, but I don't think that's going to happen. Well,
1: I thought they were talking about the uh, chick from House of Cards as a possible, but she's got the final uh, Fantastic Four reboot she's Mm -hmm. doing.
0: And and originally it was also uh, rumored for Jessica Chastain, but she's not going to do it. Yeah, And that Vince Vaughn thing always is very confusing to me, but he's had very good dramatic roles. He has. I feel like they're trying to do another Matthew McConaughey thing of, we're going to resurge you as a dramatic actor
1: i will say like the matthew mcconaughey woody harrelson thing worked because they were friends outside of mm-hmm. the show and then i'm interested to see where that one goes i'm
0: a little more interested in true detective season two at the moment but i i will see where it goes all the weird stuff that's been going on behind the scenes of that show too is awesome yeah. kind of i'm a little
1: worried the line from uh Django unchained sort of certifies it You had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. Mm -hmm. True Detective has my curiosity. Fargo has my attention. I'm going to pay much more attention to Fargo than that. Okay. All right. Um, Coming up next, we will be talking about our favorite returning show right after this break.
0: Alright, welcome back to Input 2 with me and Aiden. This time we are going to be talking about our favorite returning shows. And I, for this category, chose the fifth season of Community, a show that I had completely given up on as of last year. Last year I had completely given up on Community, I was done with it. I had loved the show. I had gone through every
1: emotion possible. With I, the show. I've never seen anyone as passionate about as commu- about community as you are.
0: Yeah, I had gone through almost every emotion possible. And when that fourth season came out and it was just awful, I was like, "I'm checking out of this. I'm done." But then I kept getting word after Harmon comes back, I'm like, "They're gonna. It's gonna change. It's gonna be for the better." I'm like, "There's no way you can rescue it after that year." Well, is so, Donald Glover coming
1: back for the next season, or has he no. gone gone?
0: And that's partially why I like that. The return of Community. They dealt with the uh, absence of uh, Chevy Chase's character in a very good way, and it was probably one
1: of the better episodes of the show. How did they do it? Audience, I've only seen the first season of Community. I am... In the show, spoilers again, we are talking
0: about uh, Pierce. He had kind of been the enemy of the last two seasons of the show, heavily focused as the enemy. Really? And he ends up dying, and... Uh, in order to get their, uh, you know, inheritance from him, they have to sit and listen to a letter he wrote uh, while hooked up to lie detector machines. So it kind of brings out the true feelings about a man who was their friend but was kind of annoying, too. Oh. And it's kind of bittersweet, but it also ushers in the the absence of Donald Glover's character, Troy, by, at the end of the episode, it says that you need to go take a sailboat trip around the world to become a man. And if you do, I will give you all of my money. And Donald Glover's like, this is the one chance I have. So that ushers into his leaving of the show, which was done also very tastefully through a, the ground is made of lava game that (laughs) is played throughout the entire Greendale school. Again, Harmon has a way of, taking these very childish ideas like the floor is made of lava and you know paintball and pillow forts and making them more I think I did see the pillow fort episode where it's like this big intricate city mhm they makes it more human and very very emotional and I was sad to see when it got canceled and I was a little annoyed that it got taken up by Yahoo but this fifth season stands alone I think as what that show did best and I'm, I'm nervous about it going to Yahoo, but I was
1: very happy with, with what I saw this year. Uh, what did you pick for your favorite returning show this year? I think I picked American Dad. And that really has something to go with Community because the one thing that's kept American Dad strong is that the reason Community got so poor is because most of the writers went to American Dad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was really hesitant about American Dad when I saw that Fox had pulled the plug on them. And then TBS was going to pick them up because I hated when Futurama was picked up by Comedy Central and they made the new episodes. They didn't have that same feel to them as the old episodes. Every once in a while, you got a good good episode of Futurama again. But that was so weird. It was every once in a while, whereas mm-hmm. with the old ones, it was every episode. And I good. can see where, because I was a little worried about it going
0: to TBS as well. I was like, uh, does this mean they're going to censor more? And of course,
1: they haven't. They've they've gone farther, which yeah. is surprising. And I remember when they released the first episode on YouTube a week before it premiered, and I was like, okay, this is a precursor to the end. Let's just get this over with now. And I watched it, and I was rolling with laughter. I loved what they did with it. I was not upset at all. And honestly, I think the weakest episodes of the season will be the ones that were on Fox. That was such a weird decision to, to broadcast three episodes from the season on
0: Fox and then move. Although I did like the way they left Fox.
1: With the little book in With the bookshelf.
0: Um, but yeah, I don't know why Fox would choose to do that. American Dad has done pretty well on its own. It's
1: always had consistently good like ratings and everything. And I think they're probably making way for some new shows. Yeah. But then again, let's look at some of the new shows that they've had. Napoleon Dynamite, because that did so well. Uh, that Jonah Hill animated comedy. Alan that Gregory. Alan Gregory and then Sons of Tucson when was that on I watch Fox all the time
0: uh but I, I it was a very confusing decision but I think it was a good decision for TBS to pick it up because it's it's still going strong I very so often there's not a good episode of American Dad but you know it it's kind of a joke machine but in the best way possible yeah where family guy is more mean-spirited and it's so gross,
1: angry. It's just so aggressive.
0: There's now. a lighthearted tone to American Dad that's hard to hard to recapture in any other show. And I
1: I appreciate what it does. Like Simpsons, you feel a little bit of a diver, divergence in the family. American Dad, at the end of the day, they may hate all each other, but they all love each other. It's always this nuclear family model.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how
1: the fifth season of Community felt. It
0: felt like they were getting back into that family model that. These people only have each other, and that kind of fits with American Dad too. These people really only have each other.
1: <laughs> On the surface, they are all just terrible, awful people. Mm-hmm. And like, I like the fact that Community went and
0: explored that because the fourth season kind of it became a cartoon. It was very yeah. goofy. There were, you know, Hunger Games tournaments and, you know, a Doctor Space Time convention. And while those all would probably do good under Harmon, it was just like goofy for the sake of goofy, and. Just eh. made the characters so
1: much more. NBC's wrought. floundering anyway. I mean, ah, uh, how many I, sitcoms did they have that went belly up this season? Four. I'm glad that they gave Community five seasons. That's something that I, I'm, especially with like all the drama that they had with Harmon and everything. Yeah,
0: and Chevy Chase yeah. and the ratings itself. Is that the fact that it got five seasons? I was, I'm more than happy with. I will proudly own my first three seasons of Community, not buying that fourth one, and I will buy the fifth one and be perfectly happy with, with what I have. I don't know how I
1: feel about Yahoo though.
0: That, that's going to be hard to tell whether or not that comes back. Good.
1: That just, that seems like the worst outlet ever. Not even just the format.
0: They're missing chase. They're missing Yvette. Nicole Brown said she will not be back. Really? Yeah. She, she has a new project with CB, uh, CBS. Okay. Yeah. I know the Um, project. Down Glover's not coming back. (laughs) Obviously. And all they have left is the four characters, Jeff, played Joe McHale, yeah. they have uh Alison Bree,
1: uh Abed and Annie. And then they have uh What's his face coming in as sort of a Chevy Chase fill in. No, he no? is not coming back. Dean Norris from uh, Breaking
0: Bad will not be reprising his role on the show. Really? Yeah. They are just it is the four plus the Dean, uh which that's even debatable depending on whether or not he gets another break in Hollywood, he might be done with community as well. So I don't know
1: I don't think he will get that break. Considering he's already won an Oscar. Has he really? For yeah. what? The Descendants. Oh, he wrote that. I didn't know he wrote that. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Cause the only thing I knew him from acting credits was like Phil of the future on Disney channel. Surprisingly,
0: he wrote the best episode of season four of community, which was really? a body switching episode that involved um, characters breaking up with their girlfriends with the other person's body. Hmm. Took a lot of the heart that the show had and managed to,
1: pump some more blood out of it well he's been on the show forever so yeah
0: that was i don't know it was so nice being able to tune in thursday and be happy to see that show on because when it was on the fourth season i was just tuned in just to see how far it would go down the drain
1: i'm i'm one of those guys too i have to even if i hate a show i have to see it into conclusion
0: and it ended very nicely too it felt like this was a nice book so if, if i don't like it on yahoo i'm happy with how the the, the network series ended because the fourth season of community ended in a matrix style dream sequence where oh. yeah that was one of the worst episodes of any show i've ever seen. yeah um We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and talk about the most disappointing shows of the year. Welcome back to Input 2 with me and Aiden. I'm Ayo. your host, Jake Doolan. And now we're going to be talking about some of our most disappointing shows of the year. And Aiden,
1: we both have a common theme in our disappointment. What was yours? It's so weird that we have a common theme because I wouldn't have thought of it at first. Uh, my disappointing show has to be Flash. It's only had like two episodes so far, but I, it has not done anything for me. When I was a kid, I used to read the old Flash comics, and I loved Flash. I loved uh, Barry Allen. I loved everything about the Flash family. And I'm watching this new show, and it's it doesn't have the same spirit as Flash. Like, the first villain's Weather Wizard, and it's this big, grungy, dark remix of him. And I'm used to the big, goofy, Oh ho, Flash! Not today! Not if I make a blizzard from my wand! I, I'm a little more forgiving of
0: Flash, but I do have... Kind of a similar complaint is that the Flash itself is so goofy, yeah, and that's not captured at all in the CBS. They they try a little too hard to make it like Green Lantern in its grittiness, and it just
1: it fails at every turn.
0: When when you have a man who can run really fast and fights characters like Weather Wizard, Captain Cold, Captain Cold, the trickster, you tar don't pit. need that level of grittiness and realness in your show. You need to make it a little more tongue in
1: cheek, which is. If they made like the Adam West Batman, it would be perfect. It works for Green Arrow. It Green does. Arrow is perfect. I love Green, Green Arrow. Green Arrow was
0: great, and I—that's I, why I was kind of excited about um, Flash. But the two episodes I've seen, I've been cautiously optimistic about. But I don't know if it'll improve. Like I was cautiously optimistic about Arrow at first.
1: Um, Once they introduced the Suicide Squad and Arrow, that's when I knew. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna buckle in for this one. This one yeah, might be good. Cool. That has
0: a good. Arc of someone becoming a hero, yeah, which is something you don't
1: see too often done very well. And this Barry, I mean, I'll give you this Barry Allen's flash in this is actually pretty well done origin wise. But the fact that they give away one of the biggest spoilers in it is uh, spoilers, viewers. Uh, during the death of his mother, you see a red and yellow streak, which wasn't revealed until in the comics at least. Flashpoint, which was the last big event before the New 52 remake, Mm. to be Reverse Flash, Professor Zoom, the man with the opposite color coding. So I'll be interested to see how they work that into the show, but it just seemed like cameo for the sake of cameo.
0: Yeah, and on that note, cameo for the sake of cameo. I know what you're going to talk about. My biggest disappointment of the year has to be Fox's Gotham, Uh. which over the course of its... Few episodes. I think we're almost halfway through season one. Are it we has really already? Into, yeah. It has turned into one of the most disappointing things to watch every week. Yet, I am still watching it because of reasons I don't understand. But that show suffers. There has to
1: be some redeeming quality to it.
0: Something in the season finale. Uh, when I finale. first heard that they were going to be focusing on the Gotham Police Department in the years before Batman, all I can think about was the great Frank Miller comic, Batman Year One, which focuses on the same thing Gotham before Batman and the first years of Batman and the first years of Gordon. And it was great. And it was like cops fighting all these weird criminals, but Gotham, the show keeps reminding you that Batman's going to come at some point
1: because it shows you Bruce Wayne in every episode, every episode they dealing keep. with issues. And it doesn't, it translate doesn't work that they have
0: a small kid trying to hold up a show with his, you know, brooding I mean, and it's just not working and even God
1: love him he's trying but yeah
0: and it 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 doesn't even seem fair because there's so many cooler things they could be focusing on the police department barely gets any
1: focus and instead, the show is almost centered around cameos or, like, spot the reference. Oh, uh, It was, like, just the first episode. In the first 20 minutes, we get a cat burglar who has a lot of cats that she takes care of. A guy named Enigma who gives a lot of riddles. And just even one reference in particular was, uh, you walk like a penguin. And they make three references to that throughout the episode.
0: We get it. We understand that these people are going to become the villains of Batman, but you need to focus on villains that are around now that make sense. Like okay, Mooney, Fish
1: Mooney would have been an interesting character, or even just make a crime boss something. Well, we kind of do have a crime boss, but he's uh, focus more on that because
0: you, you even have uh, Jada Pinkett Smith playing a very odd. Character in that show that's oh, very yeah. unsettling and not in a good way, uh, with her just I don't think nature. they really
1: gave her what she was supposed to be, and she's just sort of winging it episode to episode, yeah. Because
0: cause... there's like I was saying, there's so many elements that could work. The police department, I, I assume, if you focused on that a little more, it might be better. If you have pull away from Batman, if anything, pull away from Batman, please. We don't need to see a young Bruce Wayne brooding every episode when we know he's not even going to become Batman until like
1: 20 years later. Yeah, I mean, they just introduced uh, Gordon's wife, well, soon-to-be wife in the show, mm-hmm. and soon-to-be ex-wife in the comics.
0: Yeah, and i don't know why do you think that these two comic book shows kind of suffered i mean we we...
1: i think it's because dc's really trying to hold up to the marvel game with like agents of shield and everything because let's let's just go through the list right now there's arrow there's flash there's gotham there's constantine there's the teen titans show just called titans coming out on tnt i think they're spreading their writers out too far they're spreading their rights out too far and I think it's just a bad idea. Because I watched Constantine and the pilot for Constantine is d- decent. For what you can do with Constantine, it's a decent attempt. Mm-hmm. It's much better than what they did with Flash. Since the Constantine's supposed to be dark and brooding. Yeah. And to give you a dark and brooding one. It works. Um but Gotham, you know, I loved Gordon's partner. Like, I loved watching him in Batman the Animated Series, so he's just like this big, hey, it's the Bat! We're gonna get him one day, but for now... yeah, let's get these guys in there. I don't really care. When I watched the pilot, I thought they had, like, that spirit of him. And the more I'm watching it, the more it's just like, he's a good guy in a bad place. No, no he's just a poorly written guy in a poorly acted place. DC
0: has... DC's attempt to take over television has been kind of only fruitful with with Arrow. yeah. And, but the thing is, well, Flash is pulling in enough ratings where I know it'll be around for a while.
1: Yeah, I think that's mostly because of the actor base. But like super, uh, the Superman show Smallville, that was their first big foray into live action since. And that was another CW show, yeah. show. And
0: that one, again, I wasn't that big a fan of it, but it pulls in enough people watching it where it stays around. Because that had like nine around. or ten seasons. Gotham, I have a little bit less faith in. Those numbers, if I remember correctly, I was reading something where they're dwindling a little bit by each episode. And I feel like it's people kind of realizing that it's not going to be as good. It's not going to improve upon...
1: I thought it was really going to play off like the Gotham PD comics where it's like, you know, a bunch of cops running after Killer Croc and they hit him with a car, they shoot him down with shotguns. And that's the
0: the issue that comic-based shows have to face is that there are people who don't read the comics and they have to have a story and you can't, the right way to do it would be to slowly incorporate things. Like like Arrow. Yeah. Not overtly putting blatant references in like you walk like a penguin or a cat burglar who has cats.
1: Like Arrow did it perfectly with the introduction of Slade Wilson where he trains him, he gets him ready and everything. That's nothing like the origin story in the comic books. They created a special origin and then they said just call me Deathstroke. <gasps> you know, the nerds were having a freak out and the viewers were freaking out just as much because they didn't realize who he was. And it was just a serious event.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's what you got to do with these type of shows, because I'm not one to watch comic books.
0: But I understand when you're making a reference to mi- and it makes me feel kind of like stupid. Because yeah. I mean, like you're pointing out. Yeah, that guy's going to be the penguin. I get it. Yeah, she's gonna be Catwoman.
1: I, I actually get it. I actually did read a very interesting fan theory that the penguin's actually gonna be the Joker, which the show's completely rebuted on every single case, but That would just be incredibly it would be stupid of
0: the show for sure. But I, I, I have more hope that Flash'll get better as it goes along.
1: Once they introduce the whole gallery, you know, like uh, Mirror Master and all that, I think it'll get better. But it all depends on how they handle it. Gotham, I have less hope for. Oh, no, it won't last.
0: Yeah. All I'm right.
1: excited. I'm excited for Constantine. I think Constantine might have the juice. I think so, too. That Since looks like, that
0: looks like it might be good. The Titans one, I've, I've read some early reactions that have me a little worried Yeah, about that one. But, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right, we're going to go back to another commercial. When we come back, we're going to talk about our most overrated shows this year. Hello and welcome to Input 2 with me, Jake Doolin, and Aiden Hall. Whoa, 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 This segment we are going to be talking about the most overrated shows of the year. These are shows that have gained quite a lot of either critical praise or audience, you know, high, high audiences. And we just don't much care for them. And my choice for this is the following foxes. Gritty, dark, murder, serial killer show that just is one of the worst things I've seen put to TV. If you're
1: not over 40, you're really not going to enjoy it.
0: Yeah, even then, it's so, so awful in terms of, for those who don't watch the show, it is about um, Kevin Bacon is a FBI profiler and he is chasing a killer named Joe who has an army of serial killers with him that commit murders. It's kind of like a cult um, of serial killers. And they're all inspired by Poe, the writer. And while that right there should tell you how pretentious and awful this show is going to be, the level of violence and just sexual aggression in this for show... For a broadcast television show. broadcast show during primetime is some of the most...
1: It just makes you feel bad. It doesn't even feel like it's gritty or anything. It just feels It's dirty. murder
0: for murder's sake, and it's just awful. And very rarely will I tell people that a show has no redeeming value, but the following to me, two seasons in, has
1: no redeeming value. I and thought this... going in, Kevin Bacon would be, like, he would at least pull the show. He can't even do that. There's no opportunity for him to. No.
0: And it, he's surrounded by some of the worst actors around, um... And the main villain, Joe, uh, this season, he died in the last season, which in a way I thought, okay, this might be for the best. It might improve on the second season. but And then nope. you sit down. But then you sit down, you watch it, and they realize, oh, he didn't die. They faked us out, and he's back for another season. I just felt like, what a cheap trick to keep a character around. And just to make it even worse, he just goes on another murder spree inspired by Poe. And it's just, it just... Well, it was much more f- heavy on the Poe in the second season. Yeah. And it's just depressing to watch. It's like... And, and, and the strange thing is, the guy who created it created Dawson's Creek. He created a lot of teen shows
1: in the yeah, 90s. Yeah, which was really awkward to and see him pull he is now those. on
0: the streak of just making torture porn-esque shows. His newest show, Stalker, is on CBS.
1: Oh, he did Stalker? Yeah. Ew.
0: Yeah, and that show, I mean, the first episode opens with a woman being raped and mm-hmm. burned alive in her car... And it's just shock for shock's sake. And that's like the worst thing to me is when you can't think of anything better to do with your screen time than to just show some blood and guts and say that that's deep, you know? And people are eating it up. I know it kind of dwindled in its second season, but it's still a heavy hitter. And I just don't, I don't get it.
1: It's sort of like the curse of criminal minds. People just love murder, serial killing. You throw those two things in, people are hooked.
0: And it's not like, we'll talk about it in the next segment, uh, a better show like this, but it's not like the old type of shows have no merit and they can't no. be done well, but they got to have something more than just death and, and just despair. And,
1: and it goes back to like the true detective statement. You can't just take like a philosophy one Oh one, say a couple lines when you kill people and expect it to be a good show.
0: Yeah. There's gotta be more depth to it. And, um, speaking of depth, what did you pick for your most overrated show?
1: You know, I really hate to say it's overrated because I really love James Spader, but The Blacklist is just my number one overrated show. Mm-hmm. James is great. Like, his character is beautiful. I love that part of it. If that were the only part of the show, I would actually tune in. Mm-hmm. But the main female lead is just so obnoxiously boring. The supporting characters are just there to be there. You know, her the main male other agent is just like oh i'm big and brooding every single episode and then when they actually have his girlfriend die he says like it gives him an episode to grieve and then he's right back to just doing his job and he's happy and he doesn't care and it's like they span it's a 26 episode season and they span like her finding out that her husband's an agent trying to kill her all the way through to the end and they're like well is he really trying to kill you uh, what's going on oh, that is the a, plot thickens that is a
0: killing level if anyone watches that AMC show where oh. it's, it's, it's set up and very obvious the show is trying to tell you one thing and then just fakes you out at the end and it's not worth like it's not good it's not like they tried it's just they blatantly
1: lied to you well it's like every episode for Blacklist it's Is it really like this? Is it really this? Is it really this? Expecting you to change your mind. A better show that does that well is Person of Interest on CBS.
0: That takes... If Spader were on that show...
1: It would be so
0: beautiful. if If they took elements from that show, which... Do you want to give kind of a... A brief description of person of interest
1: uh person of interest is sort of like the uh nsa thing they create this machine that can uh see what's going to happen it doesn't necessarily have to happen yet but based on like phone calls emails text messages they can see that something is going to happen and the man that programmed the machine finds an x what is it like navy seal yeah. or something like that and he joins up with him and they sort of get the cops on their side, sort of don't, and they sort of save the day. But what's interesting is you see, is this really legal? Is this ethical? How far will you go to save a life? Is it a life that should be saved? Mm-hmm. Should you stop a criminal? Should you save them? And and that's kind of what the blacklist goes for, but it doesn't do it as well. Like the opening concept of it is a criminal comes in with a list and in this list are Bigger, badder criminals. They're the guys behind the scenes. On the surface, that's a beautiful idea. I'm a sucker for, like, big organizations because you know me. Mm -hmm. I'm that anime guy. I need that team of evils outside, that monster of the week kind of stuff. And the fact that even on their multiple-parter ones, they give you these really great villains... It's just how they're handled is so poorly done if it's not by James Spader's character, Red Mm -hmm. Reddington.
0: And sometimes, as much as I love James Spader's character, he seems almost... I don't know if anyone will get this, but in the Saw movies, Jigsaw, and this is a terrible reference to make, but it's Halloween, Jigsaw dies in the third movies, but he continues to have plans set out and is smarter than anyone else in the entire world. Sometimes it feels like they make James Spader... Like that. He is so incredibly smart sometimes. And it's kind of like, really, James Spader, you knew
1: they were going to double cross you. You
0: knew that this was going to happen.
1: And I would give it like once or twice. But the fact that it happens like almost on an episodic basis, really like when he's talking with like Alan Alda on like every other episode that has story development. He's like, if I die, your information comes out and everyone knows about it. Okay, why? Why can you give us any reason why this information is going to come out? Mm-hmm. Can you give us what this information is? I kind of have a soft spot for the blacklist just because it
0: it's helping out NBC right now with its ratings. It's and, keeping them afloat. Yeah, and NBC has a lot of my favorite shows, so I will always like the blacklist. I've not tuned in in a long time, but I I'm okay with it. It's kind of like yeah, it kind of falls into the the Law and Order type yeah. thing where it's on. I know a lot of older people watch
1: it. They enjoy it. I mean, I'll be a Netflix viewer of it. Mm -hmm. When it goes on Netflix, I'll watch it, but I won't go out of my way to put it on.
0: Yeah, both of these shows, The Following and Blacklist, just feel like lesser copies of of shows that are better. Blacklist has
1: the the good
0: actor and focuses on that, and The Following focuses on its blood and guts, and there's nothing beyond that. When they have a good actor. I mean, Kevin Bacon could be great. Mm -hmm. It's It's, It's surprising that both of these shows have such talent, but waste it on... Just mediocre stories and shock. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's,
1: we really should be doing better for James Spader and Kevin Bacon. I mean, out James there. Spader is going to be Ultron. So if nothing else, he does have that going he for him. He did have that
0: going for him.
1: But, uh, like, I loved him on Boston Legal. I'm not going to lie. I actually, he does, both of them have done good TV work. Oh, yeah. I know it's in them. They should have picked better scripts. I mean, James Spader, I mean, I went into Boston Legal for William Shatner. I came out. Loving James Bader. He's just so good. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk about our
0: favorite underrated shows. Stick around. Back to Input 2 with me and Aiden. I'm your host, Jake Dua, and This time we're talking about our favorite underrated shows of the year. These are shows that you might have missed, but we love.
1: Aiden, what was your pick? You know, I'm I'm a bit weird because I watch AE not just for Duck Dynasty or Storage Witch. I actually watch it for Longmire. Longmire is a, I guess, unsung hero of the crime drama. And could you give us just a brief rundown of Longmire, just for people who don't watch Sure. Sure. Like uh, Longmire takes place in a sort of sleepy town in Montana. So there's a lot of... And it's on a reservation. It's right by a reservation. So they're dealing with a lot of Native American culture and a lot of, you know, rancher culture. And it's this sheriff, Sheriff Longmire, who has to go around and it it's sort of like a... Doc Miller. Like, how he goes around the town and he knows everybody. He knows mm-hmm. the goings-on. And, you know, he knows all the big wigs, all the small wigs. And he just goes around and he rides horses. And it's just these weird murder mysteries. Like, there was an episode where a kid kills his dad because his dad's gay and he just freaks out about it. Burns down the barn and says it was a suicide because they want the insurance money on the horses. And... It's just how it's done. You wouldn't expect it to be so beautiful. And of course, there's like these overarching stories like how long my owner's daughter deal with the death of his wife after like 30 years. How his wife's death wasn't cancer. She was stabbed in an alley. And it's just it's really interesting to see it how all unfold. It's got uh, Diamond, Lou Diamond Phillips, yeah. got Lou Diamond Phillips in it. And it's just I like it. It's it's not hard to watch. It's very To me and it probably for a lot of viewers, it, it always seemed like
0: a uh a, a cheaper version of justified. But the more I see people talk about it, I do see that there's more of a deepness to it. It kinda harkens back to old school T V with the sheriff who knows everybody exactly. and, you know, goes around the town right and wrongs and whatnot. And it kinda has like that nice feel to it, I think. Again, I'm not
1: a I'm not a viewer of the show.
0: I mean, I've heard of things from it.
1: The first season was definitely more of a very lighthearted. Okay. Here's what's going on. This is what happens. The second and third season have really gotten darker. Bigger events have been happening not to spoil anything. And it's just gotten very almost grim for all Longmire. The noose (laughs) around his neck is tightening, but I, I stick around for it. I'm, I'm excited for it. And not a lot of people are watching it. Yeah, that's a shame. And,
0: the same can be said for my pick. Uh, my favorite underrated show has to be Hannibal, which second oh, its second so season good. this
1: year completely
0: trumped its first season, and I love
1: the first season just of Hannibal. The, just the court scenes were great in season two. Uh, I There's something so good about Hannibal and the way it does violence and things that the following
0: could never do.
1: Is it wrong that I can say that Lawrence Fishburne's acting is probably the weakest in the show... And that's not a bad thing. No, not at all. And my point about the violence,
0: there's something beautiful about the way death and bodies are presented in that show. And it seems like it'd be so dark. This is a show about a man who eats people, but it's filmed so beautifully that you you don't even get caught up in it. And, and there's such horrible graphic things as people's skin being Hung like angels, and
1: or people being burned alive because of uh, combs. Yeah, or
0: the bee episode where you know someone is covered in honey and whatnot,
1: and just taken by bees. And
0: it's and it's done so so
1: beautifully where they show you just enough for you to know what's going on, and then they pull you right. And the
0: characters, the two, I mean, the whole show is filled with great characters, Mm -hmm. and the way it's using the books is very interesting because I. I'm not the biggest fan of those books they kind of get worse as you go along but I've surprisingly heard that. it's getting there he's uh Brian Fuller the creator of Hannibal uh is changing up things in the right way. He's making, you know, Will Graham much lasting much longer. He's introducing characters and the way it's going into its third season we're
1: entering red dragon territory. Ooh. And I'm very excited about that. I was actually really surprised at the end of season two with everything that happened. Mm -hmm. I was very curious how they were going to do a season three after all. I was was concerned after season one.
0: I was like, how is this show going to continue on its streak? Which season one, I love it, but it definitely had a ramp up period. And I was like, okay, there's no way it can go back to ramping up. It's at the full peak. And the first episode of this second season opens with a fight between Lawrence Fishburne and Hannibal. In. Which is
1: ironic because that's how it ends. Yeah.
0: And that it just continues that level of of just... Uh, tension almost. Tension, yeah, throughout the whole season. Because Hannibal is getting to that point where he's going to go on the run. And by season two, it's, it's happening. It's pretty much assured. It's pretty much assured. And just the way that show carries itself, it's so classy. It's a classy show about It's like a classy
1: version of Dexter, almost. Yeah,
0: and it's something... And it's Brian Fuller's touch, because he's done the same thing on all of his shows, like Pushing Daisies. Oh, Pushing Daisies was so underrated. I love that show. The way he films things makes the beautiful... It makes the ugly beautiful. Yeah, it makes the ugly beautiful, and that's something that's really difficult to do, in my opinion. And I wish more people were on Hannibal, because that's one of the best shows on NBC or any network. Some weeks it's the best thing on TV, really. Um, plus you get some beautiful shots of food, which is incredibly hard to do if you know anything about filming. Oh yeah, Filming food
1: is one of the most difficult things to do. And the fact that they do it all in like one take where he gets everything ready. I was watching like a making of an episode, and he actually learned how to cook and prepare these meals so that they wouldn't have to take multiple takes, and he would just make a meal, and he would actually sit and eat it during his breaks.
0: How great is Hannibal, too. They Ugh. found the perfect actor for like,
1: him. I don't know his name. I i don't think I've ever seen him in anything else. Yeah, I but have not either. his acting is superb. Just I don't think you could have found anyone outside of like Anthony Hopkins that could give such a dynamite Same goes Hannibal. for Will Graham.
0: Will Graham is a hard character to play because you were dealing with mental issues and... You know, and
1: they're presented beautifully.
0: Yeah, the the whole uh, "this is my design" moments mm-hmm. of the episodes where Will Graham recreates crimes uh, in his head to find serial killers. And you know what? I I have to say I'm not a big fan of like killer of the week episodes of shows. You know where it's like one killer every week. They gotta go find the killer.
1: But it works as a slow descent into his madness. They they
0: handle it really well because in the background there's always Hannibal as the overarching presence of it all. And he's just there. He doesn't and have to do anything. He doesn't have to do anything. And you know, whenever he does, whenever that little bit of violence comes out, it's it's bad for whoever it's against. And I wish that they would move it Hannibal from the five o'clock slot to the prime time position it deserves on a, a Thursday or a, a Tuesday or something. Because Friday is is the dead zone of TV. If you it don't is. know, Friday and Saturday, and and most networks dump their stuff on Fridays if they don't care.
1: But NBC's really found a niche with it because they have such good quality programming on a Friday.
0: And I I hope that Fuller gets his full six seasons out of it. He wants to do six seasons, cover all the books, and be done. And I hope it gets to that point. because With
1: with the internet turnout, with the on-demand views, I'm sure it will get the six seasons. I I hope so too.
0: Because typically Fuller makes good shows. Unfortunately, they don't typically last very long. I think the longest show he made was Pushing Daisies at Was
1: it three seasons? Something like that. I want to say it was only like two and a half. I thought it was two for a second. Because I think it got canceled mid-season. He he makes
0: some beautiful shows, but they do not find an audience. And I hope that Hannibal... I mean, there's some signs that it has an audience now. It won the the Hulu... I know, it won an internet poll, but it won the Hulu Best Show, which is something that... you know, It beat out Game of Thrones, which is a hard thing to do. Especially for the internet. Especially for the internet. It's a hard thing to do. So I'm hoping that that sticks around. And I might check out Longmire because it does have it does interest me. Hey, it's on Netflix. It's not really that bad. You don't need to pay attention to it. Brian Fuller, put Hannibal on Netflix or something. Please. Put I need Hannibal to watch and it. Longmire. That'll make it many times Longmire. better. Net- Netflix, get on this. <laughs> All right. Coming up, we're going to finish our show with our most looked forward to shows of the year. Welcome back to Input 2 with me, your host, Jake Doolin, and with me, as always, is Aiden Hall. Yo, yo, yo. All right, our final topic of the night is the shows we are most looking forward to this year, and my pick is the Venture Brothers. Oh, oh me and Aiden both have the same feelings about the Venture Brothers.
1: That was really one of the first things we really bonded over when we first met was our deep love for yeah. Venture. And just the hype around it
0: continues to grow for me. The I have watched so the, the teaser trailer. For this sixth
1: season. Where we only got like 10 seconds of footage, but all the audio content was so good. And the movie uh, special is coming out sometime in November, was it? Yeah. It's going to be either mid or late November. They have from not what disappointed me with a special yet. Each special... Operation can... Prom...
0: Beautiful the, uh, Halloween. Halloween special. I'm looking very forward to this because they do say it's taking place on Gargantua 2, which is the space station. Jonas, built venture, by Jr. Jonas venture Jr. Um, all the main characters of the Venture Brothers are coming back. Apparently, they're fitting a, a bunch of people on that spaceship for this party.
1: Well, it's going to have, uh, it's obviously going to have the old team Venture on it. It's going to have the Venture Brothers. Probably going to have the uh, Order of the Triad. So I'm I'm excited. And I'm excited
0: to see where it goes after the fifth season, which really explored uh, Dean's character uh, after learning that he is, in fact, a clone of uh, past Dean's. And then telling Hank at the very end and Hank just not caring. I'm interested to see where Hank goes as a character.
1: I don't know. I think it'll actually be more of a Rusty and JVJ season this season because we've never really seen a season that really builds on Doc. We've seen... Like, I think it might be uh, Doc and uh, Brock season this season. I would like to see that, because they do also set up the fact that Monarch
0: is going back to his childhood home, which has memories, and that's good for flashbacks. And, and
1: you know there's going to be some have wacky had, hijinks. Because... Have we had a flashback
0: episode since the third season with um, Billy Quizboy? I don't think no, there has been a we've never had a full-on episode. Yeah, there's not been a full-on flashback episode since... There's really only been two: the one in the first season where uh, the fu- with the funeral, with uh, uh, where they the
1: funeral, and then season two premiere or season three premiere, and then the Billy Quizboy episode, yeah, and Billy Quizboy, and those typically
0: are my one of, some of my favorite episodes, just because they expand the universe a little yeah. bit, and I'm hoping we get some of that with with uh, the Monarch, uh, and maybe Doctor Venture, but. I'd be happy if it was just the moment.
1: Well, the house they're moving into, isn't that the same house that uh, Baron von Underbeit, Phantom Limb, and Professor Impossible are in? You told me it was. Because a... that's what they said in the uh, commentary during uh, season. Yeah,
0: which, again, offers some more possibilities for stories, because, I mean, they did go to college together, so yeah. most of them did. So that offers more of a flashback possibility. But then so again, you never you... know what Doc Hammer and Jason, or whatever his last name is, yeah. Pollock. Jackson Pollock. Yeah, Jackson Pollock. Not really, guys. Um, they never really know what they're going to do, and that's what kind of interests me most about The Venture Brothers. Not too often can I say I'm completely oblivious to what's going to happen in a show, but I'm completely oblivious to what happens every And Venture season.
1: Brothers does that beautifully. You have
0: no idea where it's going. And you just buckle in for the ride because... It's always such a weird trip, and then when you go back and watch it again, it makes sense. It feels right. Yeah. It's beautiful. What did you pick for your most look-forward-to show of this year? You know,
1: speaking of weird animated comedies, I have to go with Bob's Burgers. You know, it's the internet sensation right now.
0: Tina has taken over many,
1: uh, many a website. I remember just going on the internet one day and just... Post after post of the equesticals and the equestronauts Barony episode of Bob's Burgers just filled my newsfeed, and I, I wasn't even mad. I just accepted it. Mm-hmm. It's such a beautifully written show. You know, John Benjamin's always a great actor. I have not seen a single episode that I truly despise. There's some episodes I don't like as much, mm-hmm. but I've never had one that's been truly. And they had a
0: good premiere episode uh, with the Die Hard slash. Working Girl, Working Girl yep. musical, which I thought this is a good way to to start things off, and then the season picks up again sometime in November. You said, yep.
1: It's same with Venture Brothers, so it's sorta they'll start around the same time. That's a
0: that's a show that that I've I've enjoyed immensely, and, and I find it to be one of the nicest shows on TV. It's not cynical at all. The at parents, the end of the day, they're just them. They're just a family, and there's something so comforting about a family that completely accepts each other's madness.
1: No matter how terrible people they no really are. No matter
0: how terrible their kids are. Because I don't think Bob and Linda are that terrible. I just like the fact that they always will support their kids no
1: matter what. I love how Bob just goes into like crazy fits in episodes. Like the Thanksgiving <laughs> episode with the turkey is probably by far one of my favorite scenes. There's
0: something so nice about them and it's it makes it a joy to watch each week because... You and know, I love
1: how they have, like, all kinds of guest stars, but they never tell you that they're there. Aziz like Ansari, Zach Galifianakis, Kevin Kline, um, just all kinds they of... Bill the, Hader multiple times. They have the opposite problem with The Simpsons where they don't spell out that this
0: is a special guest star. Yeah. I mean, that's a problem that... Most Fox comedies have. Whereas
1: and, Bob's Burgers, blink and you'll miss it. You won't have any idea you just saw, mm-hmm. you know. And it's a good
0: juxtaposition to what it airs before it and after it with The Simpsons and Family Guy. With yeah, The Simpsons making me not feel anything at all anymore and Family Guy making me feel terrible. It's nice to end with Bob's Burgers and it's, a smile.
1: It's like Bob's Burgers is the palate cleanser before your mouth gets sickened by Family Guy. Mm-hmm. again. That is... That is, I'm fine with its position in the Fox lineup. And and it's so weird because in Simpsons Family Guy crossover, they're like, yeah, we've got to carry Bob. But Bob's Burgers is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. I,
0: I think it's just a rite of passage that Bob's Burgers, unfortunately, has to face. Yeah. The two it's sandwiched between are much more known. But I think Bob's Burgers is going to get there. I think I Bob's mean, Burgers has staying power.
1: It. I was surprised that it stayed for so long because I remember just being... Like, oh, uh, it's not going to last a season watching the animation style. And it came out around the same time as Alan Gregory and Napoleon Dynamite, as we were talking about before. And I just I kept seeing it. it's like, oh, it got renewed for season two. Season two was only like 13 episodes, too. I sat through it and like, oh, OK, you know, this is actually pretty funny. Season three got like a 22 episode run. Mm-hmm. Season four was equally long and it was good. It was just genuinely well written and i loved it
0: yeah i i'm very excited for that show all right that is it for input to our first episode is complete woo hooray
1: um would you like to say anything before we go aiden uh just you know check out all the other great podcasts we have on the podcast series as always i'm aiden hall
0: I'm Jake Dolan. My writing appears at
1: bite.bsu.com.
0: Aiden appears at therealdeal.com. And or as
1: always, tune into the Anime A team every other week. Tune into the week. Anime A team every
0: other week. And we will see you next week where we will be discussing uh, Transparent and. Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk Empire. All right, we will see you next week.